Hello and welcome to Pride in the Name of Love, a four-part feature from WEXT highlighting queer musicians in our local 518 community. Each episode is an unadulterated look at identity as told by the artist in a unique and intimate storytelling experience. Today's episode will feature Ryan Leddick, a Troy-based folk rock musician who recently announced his new project, I'll See You in the End. Grab a seat and join us as Ryan performs his song, Warrior, and shares his story of music and identity. Unreading love I am not 
Ryan Ledick. I'm a transplant here in the Capital Region. Um, I originally came from the central Adirondacks um, in Hamilton County. Uh, population of my high school class was like 14 kids. And so coming to Albany was like a big jump. And so when I came here for college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I just knew who I was inside. And I knew that my music was going to fester out some way. But it kind of turned on its head when I got out of college. And I realized that, like every city, there's small layers of community. And I think Shrek said it best. It's like an onion. There's always many layers. And <laughs> I don't know why Shrek, but that analogy always brings me back to like every community in every city, like there's every sort of community that exists. It's just you don't know it until you meet someone. And I think when we talk about the queer community, a lot of people, they have an understanding of what people are like by mass media. And when they meet someone, they realize that queerness and just people on the spectrum of queerness we come in all shades, and I like flannel. I'm, I'm not um, a very effeminate person, but I can be. I'm a spectrum. It changes each day. So the song is called Warrior, uh, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, -R -R, if I could spell correctly. I believe that's Warrior. Um, <laughs> English was a very good subject for me in high school, but spelling was not one of them. But the song I wrote in March of 2020, kind of right before we shut down. And I started to see nurses having to say goodbye to people for families via phone. And I started to realize that like 
I don't feel like a warrior sometimes, even though I feel like I can conquer anything. And there's this weird juxtaposition that you get when you start looking at the things that you've conquered and the things that you still need to do on your to-do list. And you start to realize that you are what you think. And when I say I'm not a warrior, but if I was, it's kind of like I'm not trying to cop out, but I'm also trying to say, like, I can put on whatever mask I want. I'm still strong. I'm still godlike. I can bring a crowd to its feet, but I can also say I love you. And that's one of the hardest things to do is also to say I love you, whether it's to yourself or to someone else. So I'm a very proud queer person. I hold my partner's hand as far as the eye can see, wherever I feel comfortable. I write this music to make myself happy first. And I write this music to share an idea with people that probably haven't had this sort of idea or this sort of thought experiment. One of them being how grief is a blessing. Table that conversation for a second. But I see my art as a pathway to work through a lot of the things that growing up I was seeing instilled in other people about how queer people are sort of victims of trying to figure out what they actually are, um, for lack of a better of a term, like this is a phase. Like not everyone in my sphere of influence growing up felt this way. This was probably about like maybe 10% of the community. But there is a large contingent of people that really find comfort in my music, almost like Elton John. They don't know that this is about a former lover. They don't know that this is um, about an experience getting ghosted. They don't know that I fell in love with someone, <laughs> in quotes, fell in love with someone over Snapchat. They don't know that. But what they do know is that this song has a nice hook. They know that there's no sort of leading pronoun in this, so they don't know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. They just know that the idea is universal. And I think that that universal idea brings a lot more people together. As much as I want to stand in my ground and just say that I love this, insert whatever it is, I can't have that conversation yet because I don't feel comfortable doing it. I hope that some point I will be able to say that, like, this is who it's written about. Maybe this is just me uh, retroactively thinking about all of the things that I've said <laughs> in Mixed Company and how it made other people feel uncomfortable about some of the music and about as I've gotten older, I've sort of relinquished that fear. And as an artist, if you feel uncomfortable with my music, that has a reflection on you, not so much on my own creative process. Because I've always grown up thinking that I needed to go to battle for my art. I remember someone saying to me, why are you always emotional when you get negative feedback. And I, I started to click with me um, that I am always emotional because it's so important to me, my art. This is all that I know how to do. If someone asked me to go wait tables, I would be the worst waiter in all of Albany. I want to be accepted in every instance that I'm at. It's a tiring thing to always be forced to come out.
to be pushed in a position where I am always forced to be the one to broach the subject of why am I different? I don't often like to have those conversations, especially when straight people don't have to come out. Everyone is always, this is my gay friend. It's never, this is my friend. Or he's a queer artist. Yes, I am a queer artist. I'm very proud to be a queer artist, but I'm an artist. Whether my art is queer, whether my art is as black and white as, as the things on the page, it's still art. There are instances where I will say that my queerness is as important as the things on the page. And then there are places where I will pick those battles. But I always get hung up when I have to always come out all the time. I think that that's the biggest thing for me that, I guess, burns my beans. And uh, if you're hearing this, my friends, you're all gay until you come out as straight. Um, <laughs> that's the joke. Um but as a queer artist, I, I would pick my battles. And if I know that this is a circumstance where I'm not going to feel comfortable talking about my queerness, sadly, often in venues that I do play that are kind of in small pockets of America, I do sort of pull back a little bit. And as they say, butch up. <laughs> um, I don't like to do that. I'm slowly trying not to do that, but that is the, the reflex. There are still places that me being an openly gay, queer, male-identifying person, I cannot play. I'm not angry at them. That's just the way that they look at their space. Their space is very conservative-leaning. I, on the other hand, don't judge them for that, but... I, I wish that there would be a sort of conversation to allow sort of understanding that there's a lot of benefit to having an openness, to having a gap that might be closed to allow people like me to kind of like come in and sort of play, come in and sort of share my wealth of knowledge. But I, uh, I'm okay with it. I'll still talk about it as to try to further this discussion to make it easier for those that come after me. I'm not Ellen DeGeneres by any means. <laughs> I am not Brandy Carlisle by any means. I'm not Katie Lang. I'm not Kim Petras. But me as a musician, I'm totally different than all of them. I give something different. And I think that that is something of value. And those places that now allow me and still allow me to play I see them experiencing a ray of joy of people of all stripes and colors that come through. One of the biggest things that would allow someone to find that path and what I give to that is an honesty, not to toot my own horn. I find that my music and my ability to work with anyone is a good asset. And I don't care how, who you voted for, how you voted. But if we can make good music together, that's kind of all that matters. And I think that that as a, um, a starting point brings a lot of people together. And I think that my music is able to do that. I get a lot of people from different stripes of life. I get a lot of people that wear the pride flag with honor. 
And then I get people that wear the Marine flag with honor. I get a lot of people that show up that probably herded cattle the day before that. Um, I was always brought up to give someone either, number one, the benefit of the doubt, but also to leave them feeling better than when I found them. And I think that if my music can do that, then I think that I can share that with other people and maybe as a snowball, <laughs> they can do that as well for other people. Uh, a lot of people in my life have said that grief is the existence of loss. And I know in certain sects of um, Christianity, they always say that blessed are those that mourn. As a Buddhist and as someone that's practiced a long time, I've always felt that the existence of grief is a universal joy. And I know that that sounds like a conundrum. Like, how can grief be joy? And how can joy be a beautifying thing of grief? Um, I will say this. I was listening to a podcast with Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper. I think the podcast is called All That There Is. And in the podcast with Stephen Colbert, um, Anderson Cooper's is going through all of his mother's stuff and going through the grief process, but recorded. And so in going through this, each podcast, he's talking to a new person that has gone through a certain type of grief. And one of them, he talks to Stephen Colbert, who has lost both his father and his two brothers all in one day. And he talks about how grief is gratitude and gratitude is grief. And it really sort of put into perspective my own feeling on grief about how grief is all of the experiences that you've had with someone up to this point, up until their death. This is like all of like the experiences, all of the love that you guys had together, all of that expressing of memories that if they weren't in your life, you would have never had. So grief is the outpouring of love that you weren't able to give to someone. Grief is the inner existence that you still replay as nostalgia. Like it's a ton of different things that we sort of hold on to in memorabilia, photos, old videos, stupid inside jokes. And so when I think about how grief is a blessing, it makes me very humbled and thankful that I got to know these people. It made me very happy that they accepted me for who I was during the time that they were here. And so when I say grief is a blessing, I don't mean to say I'm glad that they passed away. That's not, that's not the intent. The intent is I'm glad I got to know them. I'm glad that they were here for as long as they were. I'm glad that my existence made their life better. I'm glad that their existence gave me hope that there are others out there that will accept me full force. And I hope that if friends out there that are listening to this, they can kind of get a little bit more information about why grief is a blessing, at least to me, because it's a universal feeling of I'm not alone. We all are suffering, at least in some point of our life. And as humans, the existence of life is the feeling of suffering. Like we can't get our coffee fast enough. <laughs> we can't. We can't get out of the traffic fast enough. The, the red lights are always hitting me. Uh, nothing's in stock when I want it. The cereal is always going out. Nobody's, everyone's eating the, the donuts before I got to them. Like the list goes on. 
And so if we can kind of restructure the grief, the healing process comes a lot faster. If you are interested, you like my music, you like what I've been talking about, uh, you can find my music on Spotify if you search Ryan Ledick, L-E-D-D-I-C-K, or you can go to Instagram, Ryan Ledick Music, or RyanLedick.com, or you can find my musings on Twitter at Ryan Ledick. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going around, and I'm excited about it. You've been listening to Pride in the Name of Love, a four-part feature from WEXT highlighting queer musicians in our local 518 community. Check out other episodes on our website, wextradio.org. I want to thank you for tuning in as this concludes the main feature of Pride in the Name of Love. However, we look forward to sharing more stories in the future. If you have a story you would like to share, please reach out to us by email, feedback at wextradio.org, or j-r-o-b-i-l-o-t-t-o at wmht.org. Pride in the Name of Love is a production of WEXT Radio, a service of WMHT, which is made possible by listeners like you and produced by Jennifer Rose.